And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up, live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created in We are exploited. We are downtrodden. We are denied not only civil rights, but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against the common enemy. I don't want you to protest, I don't want you to ride, I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the Russians and the crying in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being, God damn it! My life has value! We'll get together, have a few laughs. Welcome to the Iowa Talk Guys podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. I'm TP. And I am your host, Theo, and tonight we have one of the most unique podcasts that we have done. We made it international a while back as far as a Canadian friend, Davey, out of the greater Toronto area, but we can drive there. So this is actually really cool because we have Drew Misson from your Missing the Point podcast out of Victoria, Australia. Thanks for joining us, Drew. No, no, not at all, mate. Um, it's great to be on here. You guys, are, like I said before this recording started, you guys are my source of geopolitical uh, information out of the States. You're like my single news source that I use to get the breakdown. You filter out all the bullshit of mainstream media, and I take what you guys say and then it gives me a good basis to investigate and explore things myself. So you're doing a good job. And I just peed my pants. (laughs) He's so excited and happy. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate it, man. And uh, yeah, like we said, as long as if we're if we're getting people to at least point them in the right direction where they go do their own research, then we're happy. We did our job. So, (laughs) what is a Vegemite sandwich? Uh, Vegemite is you couldn't be more Australian with what Vegemite is. Vegemite is a derivative of beer. So when they have the beer vats and they take all the beer out. So light beer, which is less alcoholic contents at the top, the heavier beer, higher alcoholic contents at the bottom. And then what's left in the bottom of the vats is like a a type of a like a, a claggy substance which they turn into Vegemite. So it's literally recycled beer. It's how you know it's you're just in a brewery. A you oh, smell that. Absolutely. That's how you know you're yeah. in there. And for the record, you don't drink Fosters, right? No, that's actually in Britain. So I don't know how the Americans ever got onto the idea that Foster's is a. Well, Australian they advertised beer. it to well, us. Foster's Australian yeah. for beer. Yeah, yeah. we were. It, it is Australian, but I can't actively buy it anywhere in my state. So that's the funny part. Really? It's, I've only ever seen it in the UK. <laughs> that's wild. That'd be like not being able to buy a Budweiser or something here in America. Yeah, and your Budweiser tastes different. Like, they must brew it differently here because I drank an absolute metric shit ton of Budweiser when I was in the States because it's the closest thing I could get to what Australian beer tastes like. And then I came home and I had it here and it tastes completely different. It ruined it for me. <laughs> well, you can live off it, but it tastes like shit. <laughs> Sorry, I had to bring a crock dundee in there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, Budweiser sucks, for the record. Yeah, it's like a rice beer or something it's weird yeah i, I get, I get like hangovers. Hang, yeah dude i get a hangover while i'm drinking it yeah, yeah. you can drink like four and the next day is just pain 
Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I'll just make mixed drinks then if I want to do that to myself, you know. Or yeah, just... I noticed you guys don't have pre-mixed drinks over there. Like when I was there, anyway, in the states that I was in, I didn't see pre-mixed cans of like, say, a bourbon and coke or a scotch and coke. Oh, they're everywhere like, now. They're yeah, yourself. they're now. Are that's they? now just starting. Like this last, I think, since twenty twenty, it started coming out. You Thank, can get a thanks cra- pandemic. You yeah. can get a crown and coke <laughs> in the gas station. Yeah. The nice. first time I saw that was down in Mexico, too. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, why are we not doing this in America? This is stupid. Well, I could think of a couple of reasons. Well, <laughs> I walked into an American bottle shop and I asked where the like a Canadian club and Coke was. And they said, oh, there's the Canadian club and there's the Coke. And I said, what am I, a fucking chemist? I have to mix it myself. <laughs> <laughs> what did they did? They look at you like you're some type of moron. <laughs> yeah, what? like. What do you mean, chemist? Yeah. (laughs) It don't take... Where'd you learn that word? There you go. It it don't take a rocket surgeon. (laughs) (laughs) What what part of the States have you been to? Um, I initially flew out to LA and then from there took a quick connecting flight to New York and I pretty much followed Route 66 all the way down through the South. Oh, wow. To um, back to LA. Went through that whole. Spent about six weeks over there doing so that. So, dude, 60, that's awesome. Yeah, that that I'd like to do sixty six. But uh, we're so it's really cool. We're on Highway sixty one, which is not even remotely as famous as uh, sixty six. But it's like the the north south. It like separates. You know, I mean, the continent as far as the United States is concerned. But it follows the Mississippi River from like um, New Orleans all the way to Duluth, Minnesota, up on Lake Superior. And I was doing the the show with Hank from 643 Conspiracy last night and uh, Chef Kyle. And he's down in, Hank's down in Arkansas. And I asked him if he's on the Mississippi River because we're right on the river here where we're at in Iowa. And he said, yep, you know, right on the river. And I said, "Uh, what do you know about Highway 61, man? He's like, I drive on it every day. And all three of us do as well. That's (laughs) like our main thoroughfare through here. So if you ever get a chance to come back, man, uh, try Highway 61. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, North hit us South. up, man. We'll we'll get together and have a good old time. Yeah, sure. I'll just have to make my way up there, survive the government here, then we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I know they might be locking down any international travel here soon. Who knows? <sighs> God, I hope not. I really hope not. Right. You don't know. But speaking of government oppression, though, that's kind of what is on the agenda for tonight's show. Yes. The UN drip. Which yeah, is that's... just or undrip. They right? Is it? They say UN drip or undrip. Undrip, so it's the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, which is a, a broad UN agenda which takes into consideration pretty much every westernised country or ex-colony um, of, of, say, Britain or even the United States in a lot of circumstances, um, anywhere where there's native peoples. It's kind of like an uh, unofficial land grab by the UN, and majority of governments are either complicit in it or they're buying it hook, line, and sinker. So I don't know which one's more scary, either... They're complicit in it, or they're just so dumb they can't see through it all. Well, we're living in an age, in my opinion at least, and I, I, I think I can speak for Iraq and TP here as well, that as soon as we hear anything like that, it's like you you know they're they're obviously doing something that is not the stated intent, right? And if you if, so if you drove on on Route sixty six, then you went through some reservations, right? Yeah, absolutely, I did. Yeah, it's just it's just a wild concept, like Australia. Like, this is half the issue behind what's going on in Australia in the modern day is that no treaties were actually signed with Aboriginal Australians. Um, and we don't essentially have reservations as such. Um, whereas the United States, they, they did that. You guys have got 
physical areas where they're almost self-autonomous governing zones by Native American Indians. Like, they've got their the, own police force. Yeah, sovereign yeah, nations are forced into it. Like, yeah, the sheriff can't, yeah. from the, the neighboring county, can't even, like, pursue somebody uh, onto a reservation. I mean, they are a sovereign nation, but it's just so interesting. If you drive through, you can tell that, like, as far as federal funding and whatnot, which is not an answer to anything because every single problem we ever have, the federal government throws billions of billions of dollars on it and nothing ever gets solved and indian reservations are absolutely not even remotely an exception to that i mean it's sad when researching u.n drip here they the powers that be use the uh, term first nations right which seems yes that seems a little uh uppity to me if you will but um <laughs> the the reservations in a lot of places man they're like third world countries uh, unfortunately yeah they're terrible there's there's their um standard of living are awful there there there's so much corruption within there also in the high like the elderly individuals especially the ones with casinos here in the states you know what i mean like yeah if you're not in the family that owns a casino you're basically uh going to be a carrying water and wood for the rest of your life you and your whole family yes <laughs> I think it's it's a prime example of like corruption and bureaucracy take control at even the smallest levels and even within mm-hmm. these what even though Native Americans were forced into those situations, I think that the the idea was that they would still have some kind of air quotes homeland for themselves to live off, but far more often than not they got the, the worst land to possibly grow crops on <laughs> yeah. or the best geog- geographical place. Oh and it's and cold. Here's that, some blankets. Get... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smallpox. <laughs> But yeah, they all survived the fires. Uh, I thought that was the the fires that happened. What was that a couple of years ago? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the, that happened on the east coast of Australia. So because the east coast of Australia was colonized first, really there aren't many traditional First Nations peoples or um, groups living off the land like they used to that you would see in northern Australia or, or um, the Northern Territory. So it wasn't so much the possibility that um, First Nations people got burnt out. It was that their traditional lands were burnt. But as a part of their culture anyway, they because of our the way our gum trees and our native flora germinates, it has to actually be burnt. So the past 60,000 years, Aboriginal people have been setting fire to bushlands and scrub. This is weird. Hunting. This is such... And a way to germinate it. This is such an easy concept to understand and some of the most affluent Americans have absolutely no concept of it. And, and um, so I spent a lot of time out West in Colorado growing up, went to school there for 10 years and uh, lodgepole pine are particular, the particular, uh, the dominant forest around there. And the way that a lodgepole pine forest regenerates is the only way that the pine cone opens to replenish itself is by fire. And we're all supposed to drop everything that we're doing because some whack job professor at the University of Colorado Boulder with a $1.5 million mansion in the middle of a lodgepole pine forest is going to lose their house to a fire. And it's just, they don't get it, you know? Yeah, they've got no idea. It's like um, California, because the gum tree is so so great at, at growing in arid regions with very little rainfall, a whole heap of Californians planted gum trees all over the state. And roughly takes 20 years for a gum tree to get to um, its full lifespan where it's large enough and it starts to drop seeds and and propagate. 
And then not that long ago, I think it was bang on that 20-year mark after those trees were planted, California had those wild bushfires. Yeah. And the majority of stuff that was burning was gum trees. Yeah. <laughs> they're extremely flammable when they're that dry. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And they're short-rooted too, so they tend to fall over a lot. <laughs> so they're not the safest things to be around. Oh, man. Yeah, it's crazy. It's as if the indigenous peoples of the world have been screwed over enough, and it seems like the... Uh, this just undrip. That sounds like something uh, a supervillain, like Doctor Evil, came up with that fucking name. You know what I mean? Like, well, well you've got a class to a Bond villain at the helm as well. <laughs> oh so my it, goodness, it makes sense. He's not afraid to dress like it, even. Yeah, uh, old no, Cockbonnet Klaus. He um, yeah, Cockbonnet. Like a, a sumo wrestler behind him, and then that'll be that is muscle or something. Like you need something really right. Cool. Yeah, with a top hat. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it sounds to me like this is almost a, a part of Agenda Twenty Thirty, or what was, it used to be Agenda Twenty Twenty One or whatever, and then it became Agenda Twenty Thirty. Yeah, it actually is. So okay. there's it's so multifaceted, and this is the thing people don't seem to realize. It's all a part of that larger agenda, and as a part of that, there's like the social equity and racial equity side of things, and that's where UNDRIP comes into it. They want to be able to um, help disenfranchise First Nations peoples, gain back sovereignty of their land, and um, get to a state that's pre-colonisation. The term is that they want to use in the likes of Canada, Australia, New Zealand is um, decolonising and essentially trying to hand over everything back to the control of the First Nations peoples. The problem is that when you look at UNDRIP and the way they want to organise treaties with, say, the Commonwealth of Australia or New Zealand... When they sign this off, it gives full authority to the United Nations via a back door. Imagine so that. essentially it's just giving... I know, right? It's just giving the United Nations their own sovereign nations within larger countries. Huh. Um, and within Australia, we've got over 500-odd First Nations, um, lots of different small individual countries. Wow. So that's going to be a lot of treaty work, a lot of law. The lawyers are going to make huge money off this. But it's giving the idea that the UN could cede sovereignty within the Commonwealth of Australia and take away land from the average Australian, which is a, a massive concern. That's crazy. Well, the end game is global government. Right. And the UN seems to be the yeah, of the most obvious mechanism to do that, unfortunately, from where we're sitting in the United States and NATO, which if the United States isn't the primary, they're the primary military force behind NATO, obviously, but I kind of have a theory, and I talked with uh, the 643 guys and, and uh, Chef Kyle last night about the fact that the UK is probably still controlling a lot of it, but we're the military arm, right? Let's let a bunch of yeah kids um, from I California and Texas go do this instead of some kid from Bristol or whatever. Yeah, I don't think it's a case of the British Empire really fell. I think it just rebranded. Yeah. Um, a lot of people t tend to think after World War II, the British kind of fell off into obscurity and the American um, Empire kind of took over, right? But I think it's more a case of the Anglo-American Empire. Oh, Traditionally, yeah. it's the Five Eyes Nations. Yeah. Like you said, the, the U I think the, the Brits are still still in control of a lot of the intelligence and banking side of things. And America becomes the uh, that unofficial attack dog, which... You could argue that's where Israel is as well, because the state of Israel mm -hmm. exists without the British actually ceding it in the first place. So, yeah. who's really in control? There's a lot of questions there. Yeah. Well, and you look at uh, after the the good old Queen died, and how the whole world stopped for her funeral and all that crap, and then the, the commission of the king and stuff. And it's and I'm like, why do we care about this anymore? Bread and circuses. <laughs> 
I'm like, why is why are they making such a big deal about this the royal family if, if they don't actually have any empire, any kingdom anymore, right? I mean, granted, the royals don't really control jack shit, supposedly. But yeah, well, that's that's the funny thing. A lot of people seem to forget that crown land, and because of the Commonwealth nations, that the crown of the UK still have, are the largest landowners in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is still unofficial. Um, control there but people just seem to like skim over it oh it's crown land it's just like a, oh. a national forest or something yeah like it's like oh, disney world yeah. it's like bureau <laughs> yeah. of land management land yeah yeah essentially and it's it, it seems to me also that this is just another cog turning in the machine to, to push everybody into these um the 15 minute mega cities from judge dread that they want to make you know what Judge I mean? Dread, yeah, yeah, that's it. And get everybody, or or, or like from Aeon Flux, you can't leave the city because the vegetation is, the Earth has evolved so much that it just wants to kill everybody, like in that Will Smith movie. <laughs> and <laughs> and you know that they don't have anything as cool as Sylvester Stallone yeah. in the fifteen minute city in mind. Right, it's exactly. gonna be way worse than that. It's gonna be more like you want somebody like Snake from freaking Escape from New York to come <laughs> bust your ass out because it's gonna be terrible. <laughs> you know. Yeah. You want you want Max in the the Falcon Enforcer driving through the highway? Yeah, yeah. Mad Max. It's, it's yeah. Going, yeah, I thought of that it's at the same be, time. End, it's going to end up being like government drones and DARPA dogs with AR-15s mounted on the back that'll be following you around. Oh, oh I, I know think that's it'll be any human enforcer. Yeah, when when DARPA purchased uh, Boston Dynamics back in the I think it was like 2012 or 13. Yeah, I was just getting out of the Marine Corps at that time, and I was like, that is not a good thing, dude. Right. That, they're like, oh, they're going to be able to be pack mules and stuff. I'm like, no, you know what they're going to do? They're going to mount cannons on these fucking things. <laughs> yeah. And then they're going to be able to just dry, run a drone up on top of a hill and snipe your ass. You know what I mean? Hunt your family down. Or a 30 millimeter grenade launcher and a drone above you has your point triangulated and, yeah. and they know we're right where to put it. Well, and then sure shit, 10 years later, it comes out in those the Call of Duty video games and that's what they have. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's weird. Huh. So, and then it'd be easier to find you if you're in one of those 15 minute cities. Oh, right? absolutely. These, yeah. This yeah. undrip, undrip principle takes people off their land, forces them into large cities where yep. they're easily corralled and easily monitored. Well, CCTV I, footage is everywhere. Surveillance states in full swing, gentlemen. I have to give absolutely. Um, absolutely. 643 credit again. I, I hate to keep. Uh, well, I don't hate to keep bringing them up, but just had such recent conversation with them. They were talking about, and guys, we haven't talked about this at all. The uh, MGM hacks in Vegas. Drew, are you familiar oh, with that? Oh, yeah. I saw something on the blog. No, I haven't heard of this. Okay, so MGM in Vegas, absolutely massive company, right? I mean, who really gives a shit about them losing money or anything like that? The point is, is that their casinos are sort of the trial for, it seems like, or could be perceived as a trial for the 15-minute city. They got hacked for ransom. And since the casino hotel are so technically advanced, they have different levels, I believe, based on what floor you're on or whatever. But they couldn't even open blinds because it required technology. Hmm. They couldn't even open yeah. doors. So with regards it's to the 15 minutes. so minute, integrated, isn't it? Yeah, they can lock you in. Well, what do you think they're going to do to your smart home when you don't comply? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Turn your car off and everything. Yeah, like, um, bank accounts, everything frozen instantly. Like we saw Canada do it with the truck yes, process. Yes, yes. Yeah. So MGM had this big hacking issue. Australia in the last twelve months has had a major hack on our Medicare system, really our largest telecommunications provider, where um, 
people's personal information was stolen. But then the government's reaction to that is, we need more of your information. We're you going to centralize it on a passport. <laughs> Double down. Because only we can protect it. Right, because we're so but benevolent. lost it the first time. Dude, yeah, that's that was happening here in the U.S. too. I got a letter about 10 years ago, and it, apparently it happened again, where there was a breach uh, in the government database, and a bunch of uh, veterans and all their social security numbers and medical records and stuff <laughs> got hacked and released, and I was one of them, unfortunately. I'm like, great. Thanks, government, for securing my stuff. Like, you freaking hack jobs, dude. You're, they're just so incompetent, they can't even secure a damn website. Well, but we're supposed to trust them with all this other shit. It, it goes back to, I think it was Abraham Lincoln said, uh, no, I don't know. I, don't, I can't say that. But the quote, you can't fool all of the people all of the time, but you can fool a lot of people all of the time. And I keep coming back to, I, you know, it, it's hard. It's a, it's a tough road to, to walk when... Um, I, I just I don't know how we get past the point of so many people buying into this bullshit. I, I I don't I hate to say I don't see a way out, but sometimes it's hard. Well, it's very easy to get blackfield, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially after the last couple of years, and then you're seeing that the the economic, societal, cultural fallout from those three years of lockdowns essentially that the government's doubling down on providing answers to the problem they created in the first place. That's it. Personally, yeah. I, I can't I can't unsee the fact that most of the Western world is already in a recession. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You're... By the by the end of this decade there will be a depression. There's no doubt in my mind because inflation and the cost of food, everything's at an all time high. And there's no it doesn't look like that's stopping anytime soon. Right. And then what's the mate what's the problem got answer to that problem going to be cbdc's like they've yeah. you know, kind of told us what they're ready to do it's just they're waiting to pull the trigger on a lot of things they yep. the soft disclosures there's they do it they tell they tell us ahead of time and it's just if you're perceptive enough to listen you just have well, to listen to them and i think part of that i mean i guess you get really deep into it is drew i know you've been studying the bible at, recently and stuff uh, you've talked about it on your show before in other podcasts and you know it says it says in the, in the bible that that the Lord Yahweh, he does nothing before he tells his prophets first. And so I think when he spoke that, that's like an unwritten rule in the universe. Right. And so, because you notice that, that, that these people, these psychos that are running the world, they, yeah, they tell us what they're going to do before they do it. And it's almost like, I don't know if like, since the Lord spoke that, that he, he does it, that's an unwritten rule that the adversary has to do that as well. You know what I mean? And these people working for the adversary, maybe that's part of their like black magic spell <laughs> or something that they... Yeah, it's, they, it's, like, it's like the inversion of it where... Sorry to interrupt. It's like um, how you're saying they have to tell their prophets. Well, who's outlying all this information to the likes of uh, um, the World Economic Forum and the UN and mm -hmm. all these like large corporations and large... Um, information media outlets that all parrot the same wording like the, you can everyone's seen the, the youtube videos by now yep. where they're saying word for word a script yep. and then a you look at across the country throughout COVID, a country across the world even and they're yeah. saying the exact same thing so they're getting their information from someone they're the prophets heralding someone else's plan and, and we're just the people that have to sit back and wade through the the mud and the water and figure out what's actually the message is yeah yeah i couldn't have said that by myself man that's yeah, I really think that's what's going on in in the background. That's what, and that's why they throw this stuff in our face. And then it's also like a mocking gesture too. Like, you dumb cattle. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, <laughs> you can't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Iraq, you got something? How is the COVID going, the this aftermath? Is the interesting thing. Um, the aftermath is, the disappointing part is people have just kind of moved on, like COVID doesn't exist anymore, but in a negative way that people aren't willing to look back at the complete atrocities and failures of our, our civil liberties and rights yep. that were taken away from us. Drew, people can I say... move on, put it behind us. Can I just... just uh, Don't lose your thought there. Um, for our listeners that, that aren't aware, COVID lockdowns in Australia were particularly harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, the when you needed vitamin D and for your immune system to fight a, this respiratory ailment, they were kicking people off of beaches... And whatnot, right? Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, weren't people getting arrested and outside their houses? two hours exercise each day. Yeah, two hours of exercise each day. <laughs> right. Five kilometer limit from your house. So, it, it <laughs> was it was awful draconian. You became an open air prison again. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, massively. Massively. Yeah. A, a penal colony. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, Mark too. Uh, I think the... And to go back to what my initial thought was, people kind of moved on and don't want to look back. But at the same time... I don't think people are going to get fooled again and go through that. People are people are pretty shitty by the end of it. Um, majority of the people, like 98% of the people are vaccinated. I'd say a good oh, 60 to 70% of that population were forced into it by coercive mandates and losing jobs and $100,000 fines if you don't have every employee in your, in your workplace. Um, <sighs> wow. Vaccinated. So there's a lot of financial pressure, a lot of social pressure. So at least... The majority of the population had one or two shots. Then the people said no more. Like the the uptake for boosters is just nosediving. No one's getting them except like the immunocompromised, the scared boomers and alike, and the extreme lefties who take it up like it's cotton candy. <laughs> the majority of Australians, I'd like to think, aren't going to put up with it, which makes it really interesting at the moment with this talk globally about these restrictions coming back, like Alex Jones kind of blew the whistle on it, on what the plans are in the States. Mm-hmm. There's an attack on the species by a guild of psychopaths, and they must be defeated. We're hearing a lot of this stuff, particularly in the United States, but nothing here. And that's either one of two reasons. It's because we're coming into our summer now, which is in our flu season. So it's generally good weather where respiratory viruses won't spread. So they won't have a, a reason to push it as much as they would in the in the northern hemisphere where it's coming into winter mm-hmm. or or they're targeting america because your vaccine uptake was so low and i've got a very very black pilled theory as to what could happen let's hear it and i hate putting i hate putting dates on things but look at what people did thinking that they were going to kill grandma people <laughs> turned on their names mm-hmm. people turned on family members for the thought of killing a 90 year old right who's lived their whole life and may or may not die from this right. this woo flu, right? Right. So what would happen if a new novel virus or a, a mutation of coronavirus air quotes manages to target children with a kill rate or a death rate higher than 10%, say 20 30%. If you start to see real life situations like what China happened with people falling in the streets, what scared the shit out of the West. Mhm. If a bioweapon was released in the United States and it unduly affected children, say from baby through to um, late elementary school, start of high school, those ages, and you saw 30-odd percent of every kid in the United States dying, I think that would have enough pressure on people who want to protect their children that it would be a tinderbox for the American 
community and the American civilization in general because that's your your greatest imperative really is to, is to protect your own life. But as yeah. soon as you become a parent, it's about protecting your kids, like the yep. mama bear type of or mama lion situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. You could be the most freedom-loving, Republican, gun-toting, U.S., typical star-spangled banner American there is. As soon as your neighbor is, air quotes, unvaccinated and your kid died of, air quotes, the new COVID, how do you think those people are going to treat their neighbors? Right. Poorly. There probably would be forced vaccinations. I think there would be, at very minimum, mandates of the jab nationwide across America. Um, I think that Republicans would toe the line on that because it would be such a big health air quotes health issue no doubt and then you throw into the other side of things like you're a you're a heavily armed population people who are highly strung emotionally their child's just died and you've got this cutard uh american conspiracy theorist living down the road who didn't want to take his vaccines <laughs> Woo! Being, <laughs> being a bit hyperbolic <laughs> <but> <laughs> what's what's to, what's to stop one of these highly strung parents their kids just died and Media's telling you it's your unvaccinated neighbors that have done it. Yeah, and then they're telling you how many other unvaccinated people killed babies. And what's what's to stop people going out and shooting people at that point? Like that's an extreme case, but or the government's going to be false flagging that. Well, that's what it would be. It would be. And I I think the only the only way they can play that off and pull it off is to have a real biological weapon that unduly targets kids. And I think there's a few a few. alarm bells which kind of are showing that even the most um, right-wing states have a a vaccine mandate for kids to attend public schools not all u.s states mind you that i'm just saying in general Mm -hmm. a lot of non-democrat states have a vaccine mandate for kids to attend public school Mm -hmm. so you've got this entire population of adults who refuse to take it but they kind of had to have their kids take it in a lot of situations i think most parents who to avoid that they uh, got religious exemptions or they homeschooled or, the, or they dodged it. But I think a lot of kids, compared to adults, are probably being vaccinated in the States more than any other population. And if you think the conspiracy angle on that, what was in those vaccines that could be triggered later on to look like a new outbreak? Right. right. Yeah. That's the real scary part about it. You're speaking our language, Drew. Well, hold on. I just want to quote yeah. George W. real quick. Mm. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. Get fool me. We can't get fooled again. We don't get fooled again. Can't get fooled again. You can't get fooled again. Can't get fooled again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but yeah, no. Given that scenario, though, Drew, that would be that'd be pretty terrifying. And I mean, and and then now imagine it's not just hitting like you said. It would hit all northern hemisphere. That's in winter time, right? They would roll that out yeah, for not absolutely. just America, but all of Europe. Yeah, and, we, yeah. And I think it would be kind of the way of the the deep state or, or the dark entities, these players that aren't having our best interests in mind. That would be kicking the boot into the Amer- the majority of Americans who didn't comply with it, and kind of taking one of the last chess pieces off the board. Because you know, if America falls, yeah, you know, the world falls essentially. So, well, from where we're sitting, I that's think really a lot of scary. Why America would be targeted? Yeah, that that's mm, scary, that's man. Because there are, yeah. I think my perception is is that there are a lot more people here in the United States that are compliant than somebody in in Australia, for example, might think. There there are a ton of them. It's yeah, I think it's kind of it's really mixed right now. But I don't know, man. It's you know there there's a lot of people also that 
here in our states, you know, that we there was that one gal that made that article about the COVID amnesty horse shit where she's like, oh, we should just move on. Oh, this. yeah. Ne- never mind everything that we tried yeah. to do to you. Uh, it was just a mistake. Yeah, we're sorry. So since we were... Mistakes were made. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We didn't... The science changed. You know, that's one of my favorites. Like I just watched a video of uh, Fauci on CNN and they they brought all these studies at mass e- efficacy. They don't work. They don't work. They don't work. And he, I don't know why they're still letting this guy on TV, but I'm seeing more and more masks pop up around here. And, um, <laughs> well, remember when people were walking around with those masks and shirts saying Fauci is my hero. Like when I was, I'm like, dude, tell me you're a brainwashed slave <laughs> without telling me you're a brainwashed slave. It's just crazy. They put this guy, an, 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 go ahead. An attack on me. Frank, quite frankly, is an attack on science. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, once again, I think Joe Rogan said it, but that's something a supervillain would say. Too. Right. <laughs> and not to mention, he was actually talking to Dr. Rand Paul, Senator Dr. Rand Paul there from right. Kentucky, who not, not only was he an MD and then became an eye doctor, right? His father was uh, an OBGYN mm-hmm. and probably my favorite politician of all time. Yeah, in the United States, uh, Ron Paul. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, Drew. Um, yeah, if you get a chance, look at him. He he's pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, here's the difference. Here's a guy that practiced medicine, Doctor Fauci, instead of a bureaucrat that pretty much strong-armed patents out of people's hands for decades and made millions upon millions of dollars off of them. Just my hey, two it's a good business model. Yeah, it is a great. <laughs> it's great. Guy, yeah, he made a lot of money. Lots of money out of it. Yeah. He's but got a hell of a retirement, too. Literal Bond villain. Literal Bond villain. Absolutely. I, I, it makes me wonder who he's meeting with. Like, in, when, the, when the lights are off and, and everybody's in bed, like, who, who's this guy talking to, you know? <laughs> he's actually yeah, having... People think that he might... People think he might jump on a, an encrypted phone call or encrypted app and talk to some world leader. But in reality, he's probably, like, drawing out a pentagram and pouring <laughs> blood into a skull. And yeah, he's communing with the devil himself. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he's hooking up with uh, the new UK ambassador, our Ukrainian ambassador, Marina Abramovich. Abramovich. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we were. Could you make it any more obvious at this point? That's like they've got a state-sanctioned witch. Like Dude. she's going to be out in the front line shooting bolts of lightning at Russian tanks. Right? Yeah. No kidding. I know. It's we. Uh, that's actually what Theo and I were recording earlier today. I mean, uh, people have never heard of her. Uh, they're you know listen to that show uh, but it's the stuff that she was into is just ridiculous and then theo actually he stepped away real quick but he he actually w- during his research was having some very negative things happening and going on like uh, it was some pretty some pretty dark stuff that that woman if you can call her that is into yeah sorry i had to vacate some coffee real quick yeah man i started like looking into this chick and it was a it was a dark night, man. Like I didn't get it. You know, I'm, I'm not playing the victim card here or anything, and it's weird. I don't have any. I've never had an experience like this. I started researching her, and I didn't sleep that night. It was just, it was dark. I don't know if it was because I was like looking into her eyes and pictures. I don't mean to sound weird here, but there is something up with that lady, and now she gets this position as some sort of ambassador to help rebuild schools for children. Yeah, and children. This guy was, or this gal was pictured with uh, that John of God fella down in Brazil who was running like an infant farm and they would sell kids 
to childless couples around the world. You know, Oprah had been down there. He's this huge spiritual advisor to all of these celebrities and whatnot. It reeks Turns of out shit. Human trafficking. Weird. Yeah. Super yeah. weird. Yeah, it's it's not making Ukraine look any better. Oh, it? my goodness. Yeah, no. And, and, and what's really sad is that the Ukrainian people, at least in the East, which I guess ethnically they're mostly Russians anyway, but, man, it's just, it has to be hell on Earth over there right now. Yeah, I can... It's got to be. The, the sad thing is, like, Ukrainians and Russians, when you get down to brass tacks, ethnically they are the same people anyway. Yes. They all come from the same <laughs> yeah. or, origins of the Rus sword empire, which kind of just over time developed new borders and new nations. But they're the same, same damn people. It's like having someone from Mississippi um, uh, go to war with someone in Kentucky. Like, yeah. You're both Americans. Like, come right. on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, both how, many, rednecks. how many Russian leaders came out of <laughs> Kiev, out of Ukraine? Right? I mean, Gorbachev, exactly. he was born in Ukraine. Yeah. And stuff the like, majority yeah. of Soviet premiers were yes, Ukrainian. Ukrainian, yeah. They have a deep roots in that country. Well, I mean, even Stalin wasn't Russian. He was Georgian. But uh, yeah. hey, Ivan Ivan Drago and Rocky was from Ukraine. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh my goodness, <laughs> I dude! I must break you. Nice. Oh <laughs> wow, Rocky Four, dude. Nice job, Drew. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting that y- there really isn't like an ethnic Ukraine population. They're either Russian or Polish. Yeah, a Slav is a Slav. They can all do that squat thing and do Yeah, they, yeah, that's so why they're wearing their uh, Adidas uh, running suits and stuff. Yeah, they had to <laughs> skip a meal to buy it. Oh my god! But they're you looking good. The richest guys in the province. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We uh, got we got uh, way off the UN drip and indigenous people there, but that's yeah. fine. Un- undrip, undrip, undrip. It's more it's, it's more evil yeah. than UN drip. Uh, undrip. Yeah. That just sounds so nasty, dude. <laughs> <laughs> is that like that uh snagglefrass video or something wasn't that i don't know i don't recall that the uh our snaggle drip that's what it was snaggle drip that's yeah, yeah don't <laughs> frazzle drip oh, god do not look that up oh yeah, is that oh that's it. some q shit isn't it it's uh, yeah. yeah but yep. still it's very disturbing i would not recommend looking it up yeah anyways is that like on the same term so <laughs> except for, they're gonna <laughs> The indigenous people's faces are going to be cut off. <laughs> well, I think I think that's that's the the main point of all is this: they're they're using a victim class that they've identified as First Nations peoples. They're using them as a means to infiltrate governments of the world and create Bingo. sovereign lands for themselves. But at the same time, once they've got a use for First Nations peoples, they're going to hang them out to dry. That's yeah, they already have. Yeah. They already they, have. Yeah, yeah everywhere. Absolutely. Like I said, as, as if the indigenous people of the world have not been screwed over enough. <laughs> this is... Yeah. And, and it's not the Howleys from from Hawaii that are getting screwed over. It's like actual, you know... Well, we're the Howleys yeah, when exactly. we go to Hawaii. Yeah. I know, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah. So when we're referring to indigenous people, it's not we're not referring to the, the tourists that move there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. So, the, so here's, here's an example then. Like, Hawaii is a perfect example because Hawaii, as far as the rest of the world is concerned is its own country opposed to what it would be an American state. Mm-hmm. Um, we consider them more in lines with New Zealand Maoris, you bet. Asian people. Um, so through UNDRIP, the UN conceivably could circumvent that as a state and it would become its own country again and taken out of the United States. Which sounds enticing for a Hawaiian initially, right? Yes, it does sound great for a Hawaiian, yeah? Because, you know, it's got enough of a, a tourism 
um, mecca for it, that it's going to be self-sufficient financially to some degree. Yep. But at the same time, they kick out all the people that don't have a year-long tan, <laughs> and then the people that are left are going to get raped and pillaged by the UN. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. the story doesn't well, change. Old, old, old Whitey comes along and bad things happen. Unfortunately, that's the history of the world so far. White man lie. Kill Whitey! Hawaii, uh, the whole reason that they are a, a state Military, of, of America Maybe. was because a bunch of freaking sugar farmers essentially backdoored the U.S. government into, they, they, annexed, they essentially annexed Hawaii yeah. from the people. Yeah. And, they got, and then they got rid of all their uh, royal natives. And turn them into hula girls or whatever, and for the tourists, like yeah. Jeez, there's almost a, a trend here with the United States, Texas, <laughs> California, yeah, or, or as I call California, Northern Mexico. Right. Yeah. It's Nor- crazy. Yeah, Northern Mexico mixed with the worst environmental folks out of Europe. It's something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent. Something I kind of wanted to... I, it's a bit of a subject change, so if you have something... Yeah, I still want to stay on, on okay. drip. So this is an oh, active good, active program that they're they're working, rolling out now, right? Oh, it's been Correct. passed. It's, and, like, Canada's huge on it, brother. Really? Oh, yeah, oh so yeah. this is this is yeah. not just something that's happening, but, or going to happen. It already is happening. But Yeah, but the people... Well, this, yeah. I, I was reading up in Canada, like, uh, the, the chief of the, the collective First Nations up there um, they said that the UN idea is great and yada, 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 essentially. And I'm paraphrasing at a very elementary level here, but it's like the Canadian government is screwing it up somehow. And of course, that's weird. Yeah. Imagine that. Right. And then making it a raw deal. But of course it was Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the United States that didn't sign on to the thing in the beginning. They probably needed to buy some time to figure out how they could use it to, I don't know, screw the living hell out of the people that they're claiming to help okay well this is the this is the thing it was signed back in 2007 via general assembly of the united nations so they've had all this time to get the uh the legislation and laws unofficially put in motion right like within australia this is being proposed as a voice to parliament where the left-leaning government tends to believe that the only way to help um aboriginal australians with their lower than average outcomes is to give them a representative body in our government which on its face doesn't sound like a terrible idea right even though they right. are australian citizens already and have a, a high pre- a representation of aboriginal politicians so they're putting it out there that these people don't have representation so they tell us that they're going to give them representation they tell us that it's going to be an advisory body and they don't know what it's actually going to do yet because it hasn't been made and they can't tell us the details about it but they want us to vote on it. And then you do a little bit of research like myself, and a little bit of research becomes a month long till three in the morning, look on the internet and scouring all sorts of information. And you find out that they actually do have the, the, the groundwork, the legislation, the laws that they're ready to put in. Everything's pre-written. And it was written like in 2014. This has been a long time coming. They're playing coy saying that they don't know what it will do and it will evolve over time. And it will only have a power as much as the government allows it to. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. You like, look at the documents, and it actually takes away sovereignty from Australians. And they're quite open in saying that in these documents. Imagine that. that. Literally just be passed. Man, this sounds really familiar, like the Patriot Act. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna let it expire when there's, you know, when all this stuff settles over. Yeah, right. It's, <laughs> we're just gonna let it expire, and then you've got stupid politicians in in uh, Congress. That just literally, it's literally this stupid. And Drew, I'm sure you've heard this, but 
that since it's named the Patriot Act, they can't go home and explain to constituents that they voted against it. Right. Because then they're not patriotic. Yeah, because they're not going to be coming back but to Washington, D.C., which what kind of person wants to go live in Washington, D.C.? It makes well, absolutely no sense. I'm just saying, this, it's vampires. the same old... Yes. Yeah, vampires, yeah. It's the same story over and over again, man. Like, these guys, they just keep... They're, they're so freaking uncreative that they just have to keep regurgitating the same shit the same way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Re- re- repackage it. Say again, Drew? Yeah, that's the, I, think that's, I think that's the Achilles heel when it comes to Americans. Like, I think your greatest thing and your biggest weakness is you're so patriotic. Yeah. So they could throw in something like a Patriot Act, yep. and it sounds fantastic. At some point, they're going to label the pods you're going to live in as freedom pods. <laughs> <laughs> freedom bugs. And everyone yeah. think it's great. It'll just have the stars, stars and stripes painted on it, so everyone will love it. You know, it's it's interesting that you said that because um, I, I don't know. I've been kind of been meditating on this a lot late, lately. Is that it's like the you know the flag and the patriotism. It's it's like our government has become a deity. It's it's really scary. Oh yeah, I'm wearing. Have wearing. you seen Washington D.C.? Yeah, it looks like a Roman Greco-Roman city. A so Greco-Roman presidents are even deified. A Greco-Roman they look like posing in literal Neptune-style poses. You bet. Like wow. ancient gods of Greece. And yes, Rome. Abraham Lincoln sitting on his throne. And yeah, it's aka a, that was Zeus. A Greco-Roman mm-hmm. monument to death. So that's yeah. something, that's actually a whole other rabbit hole. And, and Drew, I don't know if you've ever done any research into that. And it's particularly interesting with uh, Australia as well, seeing as it was like like one of the world's fairs happened down in Australia before you guys were even a country. And the architecture is outstanding, beautiful, amazing. I can't fathom how it only took these people two years to build such phenomenal structures. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think something happened in, in the, around the world and a lot of these structures are uh, may not, you know, be our own making. I don't know. Well, the, the timeline on Australia as a, as a penal colony doesn't quite make sense because right. we're so young as a country, and all the people that were sent out were the criminals and the, the right. least educated. <laughs> yes, they, they would have they would have been tradespeople with them, but you can't build these huge monolithic cathedrals and post offices and government buildings. When you're struggling to find food, like this was a brand new country, they didn't know it was edible. They didn't know what the natives would be like, and somehow their biggest priority was building a church out of stone that had to be cut. Yeah, like what today would be diamond cut precision blades, but somehow they managed to chisel that. Like and Roman era pillars. Spent three months on a boat, were anemic, and somehow managed to build that. Get <laughs> yeah. out of here! Yeah, they all showed up suffering from malnutrition, but they could they can haul the stone around and stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh! It's it's, it's, so it's, it's really wild. I mean, Iowa here in Iowa, our capital, we have one of the. I mean, I might be a little biased since I'm an Iowa native, but we our capital building is probably one of the most beautiful capital buildings in in the state. Well, yeah, the entire dome is gold leaf, and yeah, and it had, it's a uh, five. Uh, spires on it one of the only capitals to have that many spires and yeah the stair i mean it's a gorgeous capital it is a gorgeous building but at the time i think the the population of the entire state when that building was built was like thirty thousand people <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it just and there's wooden uh wooden cottages and stuff built up all around the capital and stuff with with mud roads leading up to it like some of the construction quote-unquote construction photos and it's like huh 
Well, the original Capitol was in Iowa City, and it's the uh, administration building of the University of Iowa right now. And go look at some oh, pictures yeah. of that. That one too. Yeah, go it's look gorgeous. at some old pictures of that. What 18, uh, 1846, We became a state. Eighteen forty-seven, the university was established. So, yeah, I mean, and yeah, these buildings are still standing today. Just Absolutely gorgeous structures, but yeah, a bunch of pioneers built that shit, buddy. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, the I, Outback Steakhouse closed here in our town. <laughs> Those blooming onions I were good. Get the embassy involved on that one. I should get the embassy involved on that. That's yeah, help us out, brother. Right, yeah. Which that is another thing that's not real. What the embassy? No, Outback Steakhouse. Oh. You don't have blooming onions in Australia. <laughs> yeah, that's totally Americanized. <laughs> oh man, that's like that's like living in Mexico and then coming up in here and and getting Taco Bell. Not the same. Yeah, right. They, they, they don't have Taco Bell in Mexico because it's not real Mexican food. But are we all right if I ask yeah. a question that changes it up a little bit? I, I don't. Yeah, okay, so AUKUS and ANZUS, right? Military alliances essentially between well what is ANZUS? australia new zealand united states yeah one thing so tp was a marine and one of the things i've been hearing is that well uh, it's a fact the marine corps after 20 years of fighting in the desert they got rid of all of their tanks they got yeah. rid of all of their armor yep. and are now getting back to the sort of more original mission of the Marine Corps, which is the infantry force of the United States Navy. There's no Department of Marine Corps. They are Department of Navy. Right. They're the Navy's fighting men. And the men's department of the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> so um, it seems like, and tell me if I'm wrong here, I guess this is kind of, I thought that this would be good for uh, TP and, and you, Drew, to, uh, to maybe discuss a little bit, and hopefully we can get in here as well. But it uh, seems like Australia is providing a great launching point to to start heading north with some amphibious operations. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is this is a, a big historical story about Australia's dependency on the United States. We found that during the events of World War II that Britain wasn't always going to be there for us. Um, Australians, we put a lot of our resources into protecting British colonies in Southeast Asia and the British didn't come to back us up, essentially. They were too busy fighting the Nazis. So we realised that with our low population size, our low technology and our military, like we're still using World War One weaponry in World War Two. Like mm -hmm. Yeah, bolt action rifles. Something shocking. Yeah, um, we we found out very quickly that we had to develop our own military presence. Um, I, th I think most people, even the United States servicemen, would know that serving alongside Australian Defence Force personnel, that pound for pound, we we um, we come in well above our weight. We we hit well above our weight. We're great at what we do. We're very specialised at what we do. Mm -hmm. But we don't have the capacity and size to back that up. So naturally, we had to develop um, alliances outside of Britain. So we had to move into an alliance with the United States. Um, that's what our involvement in Vietnam was all about, Korea, yep. all that type of stuff. But Australia essentially became a proxy military arm of the United States. In the Imagine United States. that. Um, yeah, right. Um, we all, we've traditionally always had a lot of U.S. Marines stationed in the northern part of Australia. Um, we have quite a majority of our bases are at the north, quite clearly, because it's close proximity to both Indonesia and China. Philippines um, as well, right? Threat, yeah, Philippines. Our only real threat from the south is penguins in Antarctica, and I think we're fine <laughs> on that front. Tasmanian devils. Not, what yeah, about the lizard the people? Nazis come back. Yeah, no, <laughs> with Nazis, yeah. <laughs> 
But yeah, we a majority of our forces, even our air bases, they're all stationed at the north of our country. Um, with these recent treaties with, that have been signed into effect with the United States, New Zealand, there's a big uptick in more personnel to the north. Not necessarily our own personnel, a lot more American um, equipment and personnel arriving there, a lot more training exercises. Yeah. But there's uh, we had recently had a military review in Australia where they've stated our military is no longer suit for purpose. And it had a lot of stuff about, you know, reprioritizing where certain things are in the country. They want to spread it out across Australia a bit more because we kind of pigeonholed all our forces to the north. And if that was wiped out, there'd be no defense for the rest of the country. Mm. So on its face, that sounds great because you want more bases. Like I was blown away in the United States by how many military bases you had. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're you not kidding. Air bases over the- you had more air bases there with F-18s on display than what we have in our entire um, <laughs> squadrons in Australia. So that was <laughs> eye-opening. Um, so we, there's this redistribution plan, which is happening over the next 10 years. But it's redistributing infantry troops across Australia while keeping specialised um, aircraft, heavy vehicles, tanks and the like, artillery at the north still, which makes me think they're trying to disperse armed personnel across the country more of a a civil control mechanism than it is actually defense of areas because not not, they're not moving the gear and and the military technology with them it's more so just boots on the ground stuff which Mm. leads me to think it's more of a security and control operation yeah but yeah you're definitely right there is this perceived threat that china is going to be the the thing that's going to kick off as much as people talk about russia and ukraine Australia's been investing a lot now, Uh, missile technology, drones and alike. We've purchased a whole heap of F-35s, which is pretty sad now that they can be hacked remotely. (laughs) I don't know what we're going to be getting then. (laughs) Which is a lot cheaper. The hacking is cheaper than the F-35 itself. So Exactly. Um, So we're we're definitely building our capacity in the region to be a staging ground for the United States military. I think even the most normie person would recognize that. Yeah. So when I I got out, I I ended did my end of active service in 2012 and at that point the marine corps was starting to switch gears where they were starting to send more marine expeditionary units that's when the marines float around with the navy so that means three naval ships as well and started going down to australia to start building up a cross training with the australian military and then i kept up with the marine corps times and stuff as i got out and eventually yeah they continued to build up those bases and that relationship with the australians even more and the marine corps is focusing on a island hopping campaign through the South China Sea. And they just recently had a, I believe it was last year or earlier this year, they had a advertisement, a Marine Corps recruiting video. That was actually, to me, was pretty startling because it looked like the, it looked like, the, it was like one of those videos where Marines go anywhere, blah, 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 blah. And like the, the scenery is changing and it's going from like island, like jungle islands to all of a sudden these snowy mountains and stuff. It looked like North yeah. Korea again. Yeah. And like, all this stuff. So I'm like, what, you know, is that a precursor? Because during the Iraq and Afghanistan war, all the all the commercials were desert warfare, this yeah. and that. Well, besides, well, before that, it was Marines fighting dragons, which that was right, a sweet. Right, right, yeah, when we were sweet, kids. Yeah, that was a sweet <laughs> commercial, man. Yeah. Fire dragons, actually. Yeah, and that NCO sword sucks, I'll tell you. from That thing, not sharp at all. I couldn't fight a dragon with that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's very interesting. So that the Marine Corps, yeah, they got rid of their armor. 
and they want to focus on well now it's those amphibious vehicles that we see with the drop door on the back and they float up onto the beach and rush out right they yeah but those things i mean canal style it was like the the unit right behind us they had a training accident and like a bunch of marines drowned in one of those amphibious freaking assault vehicles that they it's sketchy dude when like when civilians think you know a military grade must be really good and <laughs> veterans are like military grade this thing's probably a piece that's of shit shape. no they that's <laughs> yeah. no they just have to tell you that so that you jump out of the airplane trusting your parachute that's it <laughs> yeah yeah there's not, a reason not Marines, why they but, cut the budgets are so slim because they have to save money that's yeah that's <laughs> exactly yeah, it that, there's nothing as slim as a u.s military budget i'll tell oh, you yeah what. dude i i did want to ask about the marine corps commercial uh was it one of those military recruitment commercials with uh, like two mommies in it? No, that was oh. the army. Emma oh, has okay. two moms. Right. Yeah. And <laughs> she overcame the diversity and joined the army and because she had two moms that helped make her army strong. Well, that I actually you're supposed to celebrate diversity. Why do you need to overcome it? Does that yeah. mean she became straight? <laughs> <laughs> well, she she I don't know. Emma might have been straight, but her parents she were her mom. Gay away, maybe, huh? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So TP put together a, a good feature that we did on in asking the question, is our military fit to fight? And it's yeah, actually kind of a woke du- to wage war. Yeah, too woke to wage war. It's actually kind of a double-edged sword because, you know, the people like us that are sitting here podcasting that can see the benefits of having a U.S. military that maybe isn't as fit to fight as it has been for the past 20 years in Iraq and Afghanistan could be a good thing. But also... It seems like the folks that are going into the military now, they're not getting the testosterone-filled Southerner that they were. And now they are they have a new profile of person that they're bringing into the military. And it what reminded me of that was you saying that, uh, Drew, that Australia seems to be posturing for this island hopping campaign or, or an attack from or to China. But it could be a more of a domestic security operation. And that's kind of what I'm thinking this new direction that the United States military is going in could could be. Yeah, it's it's definitely a support mechanism because the Australian Navy purchased three new hospital ships that have the capacity to run those amphibious tanks and all-terrain assault vehicles out of them. So that Hmm. to my mind, that naturally goes to those will be support support vehicles and staging ships for the US Marines. um, Yeah, and then a fallback medical in their operations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, That's where they would have their their massive uh, Kazi back before they got put back to Australia. The American yeah. like recruiting scene is quite interesting at the moment because you're such a patriotic country. You've never really had an issue in recruitment until recent years, right? Not, like you said, you're not seeing those the cornbread uh, Midwesterners or the the Southern testosterone filled rednecks <laughs> gun toting wanting to go in and serve their country. You're getting a whole bunch of purple-haired weirdos that are polyamorous. Well, they can they can have the jobs anyway. They can have they're just the going to pers- end up being drone controllers. Yeah, that's the scary <laughs> yes. thing. These yeah. are people that have no morals anyway. Right, and they can justify anything. Those are the people you don't want in the military because God forbid if it ever gets to a situation where an order is told where the U.S. military needs to attack its own people. Yes, if you have a highly strung socialist with pink hair that doesn't know what gender they are, of operating a predator drone. That's a dangerous combination. Yeah, that, that's scary. Hellfire. That's Operation yeah. uh, Human Shield, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> From South Park. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> of course. No, man. Oh, gosh. E-Rock with the Come South on. Park reference. That was a South Park movie, too. That was an old yeah, reference. Yeah. 
where Saddam Hussein was sleeping with Satan. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. Go back to that. That was before that. That was well before the Iraq invasion, wasn't it? The South Park movie. Was that bigger, longer on cut? Yeah. Yeah. Just interesting. Once again, they like they were telling us something, huh? Of course. I mean, he wasn't cool anymore. We didn't need to. We didn't need him him to fight Iran anymore. Yeah, Yeah, that was 1999. Yeah, Yeah. we got to go in because Reagan wasn't in the White House to be his friend anymore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, they weren't throwing babies out of incubators. They had to come up with something else this time. They had, they were Drew. Are you familiar with with that story? The the babies in incubators. I am. Yes. And the, yeah. and then who the that Q- gal was? The Q80. Yeah. yeah. She was the Q80's ambassador's daughter, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she was she supposed. To, well, she was coached it. by a huge Washington D.C. PR firm too before yeah. she went into that committee. People will never find out. They're too dumb. But oh like the, the whole premise of weapons of mass destruction has right. George Bush actively sat before the UN court on. Um, War crimes and crimes no. against humanity. Right. No, never going to happen. No, even when all like all the UN except for like the UK was being like, no, Saddam doesn't have weapons of mass destruction. He's like, God damn it. Yes, they do. Boy, I tell you what. Yeah, you know what? If you guys don't want to do it, told you. then me and my buddy Tony Blair, we're going to go stomp some dicks in the dirt. Let's go, buddy. <laughs> and they did, unfortunately, for the world. Unfortunately, that fucking happened. There was that... Uh comedian from texas i think he died in 1993 bill hicks absolutely hilarious drew i don't know if you're familiar with him but i screamed all the time yeah yeah he used to be a pastor no 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 you're thinking of sam goldthwaite i think maybe bill hicks is the one that people think um uh, he did the jfk assassination thing yeah bill hicks is the people think that um alex jones is alex yes 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 well they were both at waco um no they were they were they really? were both of them yes yes wow. not like not in the compound obviously but, well yeah yeah um they were hanging out with timothy mcveigh <laughs> i could just picture alex jones hang, hanging his head out the window in the machine gun going the turn the frogs gay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your dishwasher's gonna be listening to you oh wait it is <laughs> yeah i know they're getting drunk on the blood of children for god's sakes yeah this is this is real Bill Gates up to that little chicken neck. You know how he walked like, ah, like a demonic elf. Hey, Bill Gates. It happened. Well, hey, the, a thing about that, too. Remember Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas in the very beginning? They're at a hotel, and he's checking in. Mm-hmm. And there's a there's a sheriff on the phone talking about these teenagers were tortured to death. about 16 years old. They chopped her goddamn head off right there in the parking lot. And they got all kinds of holes in her and sucked out the blood. They were after the penal gland, I think. Adrenochrome or whatever. We're, we're, t- we're ripped out. And then later on in the movie, remember, dude's lawyer shows up. That's when dude's lawyer turns into a demon because he's like, here, man, take this. It's, it's pure adrenaline. What is this shit? That stuff makes pure mescaline seem like ginger beer, man. Adrenochrome. Adrenochrome? Hmm. Where'd you get this? Never mind. It's absolutely pure. What kind of monster clan have you hooked up with this time? Satanism freak. I think there's only one source for this stuff. The, uh, adrenaline gland from a living human body. I know. The guy didn't have any cash to pay me. He offered me human blood, said it would take me higher than I'd ever been in my life. But he was kidding. Oh, so I told him I'd just as soon have an ounce or so of pure adrenochrome. Or maybe just a fresh adrenaline gland to chew on. 
I could already feel the stuff working on me. The first wave felt like a combination of mescaline and methadrine. Maybe I should take a swim, I thought. Yes, sir. They nailed this guy for child molest. He swore he didn't do it. Why should I fuck with children, he said. They're too small. Christ, what could I say? Even a goddamn werewolf is entitled to legal counsel. <laughs> yeah. And when was that movie? And that movie was, was written like 94 or 93, 94. Yeah, or but that like was that? supposed to be, that was like in the, supposed to happen in the 70s, right? Thomas Hunter. Uh, that Hunter was like, S. Thompson. Oh, yeah. Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. He, he supposed wrote that when it, something that happened in like the 70s yeah, or 80s. It was like Dirt Bike Magazine or something he was yeah. reporting for. Instead, he just went on a crazy drug bender, but. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. The novel by Hunter S. Thompson was about his trips to Las Vegas in 1971. The film adaptation was released in 1998. Yeah, once again, dude. Once you have eyes to see and you go back and look at some of the stuff, it's like, holy shit. Well, I was going to mention the little spoof that uh, Bill Hicks did talking about Big Bush, H-Dub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, and his wife's name, Harry. Where where he go? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And uh, and he's like, uh, you know, Saddam's got... Saddam's got weapons of mass destruction. We got to go in. You know, he armed Iraq. I, I wondered about that, too. You know, during the Persian Gulf War, those intelligence reports would come out. Iraq, incredible weapons. Incredible weapons. How do you know that? Well. <laughs> we looked at the receipt. But as soon as that check clears, we're going in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, uh, who was it? Was it Paul Mooney on Chappelle show? Oh, my he favorite comedian too. of yeah. all time. <laughs> he, he did that too. Weapons of mass destruction. I'm so sure they have them. I'm so sure. Yeah, you and your daddy because you got the receipt. But you know what was weird? Okay, so they actually found mustard gas in Iraq. Did you know about that? Mm -hmm. Rolling Stones wrote like a 10-page article about it. Mm -hmm. A bunch of Marine EOD guys got fucking mustard gas poisoning and shit. And the government's like, don't worry, we'll take care of you for the rest of their life. And then they're like, but we can't tell anybody about this because this is the mustard gas that we sold We gave Stop. them to kill Iranians. <laughs> I'm not kidding. You. Yeah, Rolling Stone. Well, not, they've been scrubbing the internet lately, but you, you could probably still go find that article on rollingstone.com. But yeah, oh, I bet it's behind a paywall. But yeah, true story, man. They found the mustard gas, but we gave it to them, dude. So yeah. like, you know, it's a Do joke. You it was like the scene from Iron Man when Tony Stark's on the ground. He sees the stock missile hit the ground in front of him. How many American troops saw their own weapons and their own gear used against them in that conflict? Oh, dude, it mm -hmm. happened when I was there. Some some Brits apparently lost a truck full of M249 squad automatic weapons. Yeah, it's a nice weapon. Belt fed five five six and some Blackhawks. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is before we gave it all this stuff to them, but uh, we actually, when I was there, we had a, a first CB guy take a five five six round to the to the dome. Really? Yeah, but it, he was—he got lucky. The guy's got a permanent scar. It came in, hit from his the Kevlar, side, and it went on the inside of his Kevlar, and then lodged on the inside of his uh, forehead, and the, just between the skin and the and the skull. But it, and so that's how they when they pulled it out, they're like, "Holy shit, dude! Like this is a five five six. Like you're lucky if this was seven six two, we wouldn't be having this conversation with you." I was like, "Wow, 
But yeah, so that shit was happening. Well, good and thing we was, gave him the weapons. Yeah, exactly, dude. We lost it. No big deal. No harm, no foul. That was 2011, too, by the way. So, and then shortly after that, that's when Obama started sending a bunch of stuff to Syria to fight, you know, for the freedom fighters there. Well, it's interesting now. I almost wonder if it's not by design. We're hearing about the border skirmishes between Afghanistan and Iraq, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Afghanistan is flush with U.S. weapons. Uh, Afghanistan and uh, Pakistan, too. There's been border dispute or border Yeah, I was just going to mention that. Yeah. Huh, but you know what? I, I also did hear that the CIA has made amends with the Taliban, so everything's good. It's good. Don't worry. We're friends now. Man. We are all friends now. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's like patting yourself on the back. Right. Look Taliban what we did. making amends with the CIA. Look what we did for this country. We're, we're true American heroes, folks. Have you seen the video of Zbigniew Brzezinski over there in the late 70s, early 80s, Drew? I don't believe so. Are, are you familiar with Zbigniew Brzezinski? I am, yes, but I don't think... What's, what's the video? What's the context? Well, when he's talking to uh, the Mujahideen. Yeah, the Mujahideen. It's interesting, oh, too. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've, You're going to send that bear packing over them mountains. Yeah. <laughs> and why? Because you have God on your side. Yeah, that land is yours. And his, and his daughter is on MSNBC every morning. Yep. Morning Joe with Joe Scarborough dead female intern in his office in tallahassee and nobody knows what happened operation mockingbird never ended that, that's what i was gonna say it's, it's in full swing and it's, it's still going strong yeah and uh well even some of the stuff we did a four-part series on mk ultra and uh not the old you know katie perry's an mk ultra victim <laughs> shit like we actually got the uh you know documented s- stories and stuff and you know steven kinzer or kinzer he did a really good job with some of the stuff. and mm-hmm. But anyway, in there they talk about, uh, what was it? One of the CIA, heads of CIA, was quoted saying there, like, once we, once all the people in America don't know the truth from the fiction, we know that our misinformation campaign is complete. Well, it's complete. Not all the people, but... Uh, he must have been a prophet. Because, no, obviously, our government would never do that, dude. Right? No. This is just wild conspiracy theories. Not ours. That's a that's a part where it's hard for people to swallow, man. That's like part of it's like you, we were talking earlier, Theo. Like with the COVID thing, you know, people waking up to it and stuff, and, and other people just still having their head buried in the sand. For one, part of it's cognitive dissonance, right? That right. They don't want to think that the their whole world has they've been lied to because think about our red pill moments, so to speak. Yeah. Like I've spoke about, we talked about it on the show and stuff. Like episode I, one, I was pissed. I got pissed off about it. You know what I mean? Like. I'm like, especially because I got red pilled in the Marine Corps, like right before I got out. So I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm super glad that I have friends buried in fucking Arlington Cemetery in their dress blues for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, it just made me angry. And so I can understand why there's a lot of people that I don't want to wake up, dude. Like to realize that your whole life literally has been a lie and you've been being lied to by all the people that you trusted your entire fucking life. Yeah. That's a hard one to swallow. Especially when they weaponize nationalism and patriotism. Like that's right. the biggest the biggest con that they do because it's it is a real tangible thing like a lot of people um on podcasts and people interact with from the states say why don't you just leave australia or leave my state at least i i can't i'm tied to it. it's my home yeah right and that's probably my achilles heel in it all because they're weaponizing something that you love and you want to protect and you want to be a part of right but at the same time it's weaponized to try and push agendas and it's i think it's very evident in the united states it is well, most people don't see it, but yes. Yeah, and, and and I've said that, I don't know if I've said it on a show before, but I know Theo and I have had conversations, like, 
these people are so sick and evil and twisted, dude. Like they literally were living in the most comfortable time in human history, right? Yes. We got air conditioning, we got cars, we got all this stuff. And like these psychopaths that that run our that are in charge of everything, they're they're not content with us peasants being able to have you know, do something that makes them happy, make a decent living, and then take their family on vacation every once in a while when they want to and stuff, and just enjoy life. Go out and enjoy these be- this beautiful world that God's created for us. That's not good enough for these people. Like, for some reason, we just have to suffer. Because- well, if you listen to George Soros, he considers himself a god. I think that's one of the things that is well, scrubbed that- <laughs> from the internet at this point. But- <laughs> that's a whole other thing, and I think, Drew, you're pretty versed in the whole transhumanism agenda, right? Yeah, that's a whole other can of worms there, buddy. They do. It's, it goes back to the same the same line in the very beginning. You will be as if you were gods. It's the same shit regurgitated, dude. That's what these people are trying uh, to do. It's nuts. And I've recently found out through um, Chud X from Are We Content podcast that Mary Shelley, when she wrote Frankenstein's Monster or Frankenstein, that the basis for her story came from, from Darwin. So the idea of Darwinism, but it wasn't directly from Charles Darwin himself. It was from his father or his grandfather, if I do recall correctly. Oh, yeah. He was like a psychologist, right? He was trying to bring things to life. That was the whole idea for the the story about bringing humans to life. He actively brought some kind of a worm back from the dead into life. So the majority of modern day science is based on, realistically, it's necromancy. Right. So the, the scientific <laughs> method and model of evolution is based off some dark shit, and people don't realize how deep it really goes. Well, yeah. When you look I, at these people that are at top of the UN. These we know these these absolutely lizard people. Like even if they aren't really like a a dinosaur underneath, they're they're so cold blooded that they have complete lack of humanity, complete yeah. lack of a soul, and their biggest fear is dying and facing any potential judgment. So they're mm-hmm. trying yep. every trick in the book to live as long as they can. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there was that... Uh, like, the last Rothschild, how many goddamn hearts did that guy go yeah. through? Oh, exactly. my goodness, yeah. And normal people like us can't get a fucking heart transplant for six months. You know what I mean? If we needed it. And that guy had like seven or eight. You can't get, in Australia, you can't get one if you haven't been vaccinated. People have been denied <laughs> transplants in Australia who yeah. aren't vaccinated. Children. Were, That's yeah. how much they care about the children. People were dying up in Canada because of that, yep. too. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it, it, it's wild. And it, it just uh, it, it really blows my mind. When you think about it, you know, mm. well, that's what we're doing here. <laughs> we're blowing people's minds, man. Well, yeah, the whole there was a CEO real quick. There was a CEO of Google or a former CEO of Google, Ray Cruzwall. I don't know if you ever heard of him, but he was featured on Wire magazine. Oh, it's probably probably a good 10 years ago. So I should go check up on old Ray, see how he's doing, because he was then this guy was an intelligent man. He had like two or three degrees from MIT. He had uh, a master's degree in, in, in science engineering and stuff. Like, he was no slouch by any means. And in that Wired interview, he was talking about a way that he was had a team that he was working with because he was a billionaire. And he had a team that he was working with to find a way to upload his brain, his consciousness, to the internet. Into one of those MIT Boston Dynamics robots or what? Something like that. But, okay. like, he, uh, and he was taking. Like a hundred, like something like 150 vitamins a day mm. to sustain his body, in in order to get this technology to yeah. to live come forever. To life. Yeah, and, and yeah, like Drew was saying, they they're afraid. I think these people do know that they're afraid of 
mortality. Yeah. Or, well, of when they pass judgment. away, there's uh, yeah, they're afraid of judgment. Yeah, they know that they know what's going to happen to them when they die because the, I think some of these people high up are actually in communion with the dark one, the dark one, the yeah. adversary. Yeah, he who shall not be named or whatever you know, whoever the enemy is, whatever his name is. Yeah, it's, it's not Voldemort, people. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so that's another reason why they're afraid of death. They fear it. And this is, and this is the thing that I always tell people that. Like, you hear a lot of podcasters, like conspiracy theorists in general, talk about this. But as soon as someone talks about it from a Christian perspective, people tend to tune out, like, generally speaking. But my advice for people who listen to that is that you may not necessarily believe in Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior, but they seem to believe in the other guy. It's true. They believe really hard. And it doesn't matter if you don't believe because they sure as shit do. Dude. And, like, what we see what they do with trying to extend their life. They're openly telling us that they're having blood transfusions from young children yep. to keep their bodies going. Now, that's a hop, skip, and a jump away from sucking down adrenochrome. It's not <laughs> of a stretch to say that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, they're blending up baby fetuses and injecting it. Iraq had something to say, though, real quick. No, I would just... I would freebase adrenal clone or whatever the fuck. yeah <laughs> i would do it <laughs> just to try it but no drew it's really hilarious that you say that because i said that exact same thing to theo probably like five years ago dude i'm like it doesn't really matter who we believe in if we believe in this this rock here or we believe in jesus christ because the people that are running this world they know who they serve they believe in the other guy they believe in god too but they also believe in the other guy yeah and, and they're the ones that are making the rules for us they're the ones that uh took the third temptation right yeah it's, it's almost as if they're trying to build up to like an altered carbon future where they can just re-sleeve their bodies into any any physical form they want we've seen so much of that in science fiction altered carbon um there was a film yeah that recently ron reynolds where he, a billionaire put his body into a young man's body yep um well hell yeah, even was another version a different take on that where it was like a spiritual transfer opposed to a technological one but like the precedence is there that they want to do this or Maybe they even have been able to do this, as wild as it sounds. Maybe that's how they've maintained wealth for so long. Maybe it's not so much a a family line thing and intermarrying as it is. It's the same person just kicking around for like a thousand years. Who knows? Well, here's something that's not crazy, but crazy. They were cloning sheep back in the 90s. You yeah. Don't, you don't think they've done that yeah, with Molly. human beings? They had to pass laws in the early 2000s. You remember that? About an anti-human yep. cloning law? Well, not just sheep, but sheep that could produce spider web. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're more the milk. Yeah, they're going back to the days of Noah, man. They were splicing <laughs> DNA into <laughs> diluvian. We're doing that now. Yeah, there's yeah. cloned pigs that are genetically engineered pigs, I should say rather, that oh. have human blood flowing through their system and organs that are yes. a, a close approximate to human ones, so they can transplant easier. And they're breeding yes. those by the tens of thousands. Yes. So it kind of tells you what they're getting ready for. It's a market of extending one's life beyond as that what it traditionally would well elon musk you know he's one of those two he's talked about uploading his well the Neuralink. go ahead sorry that that Neuralink though could you imagine being the asshole who goes out and gets the first Neuralink, <laughs> and it ends a. up being the equivalent of like the original game boy and then someone fucking six months later has like the ps5 version yeah. and you're stuck playing <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> And you're like, no, but mine's cool still too. I'm the original. They're like, yeah, no one cares anymore. Mine's vintage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm vintage. You're playing yeah. Super Mario, and we're <laughs> on Call of Duty, he's, buddy. He's gonna be hanging out in an emo bar, fucking drinking IPAs. <laughs> 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 oh 
Oh my goodness, dude. Well, Matt. Okay, here's what I know about foreign objects being inside the human body. The human body doesn't like it, right? Not at all. And I mean, even okay. So, in the Marine Corps, my job, I was a combat engineer, so I was a lucky asshole that got to walk out in front of the infantry with a metal detector and make sure nobody got blown up, right? Unfortunately, you know, we've had guy, many guys, many of my friends are uh, double amputees and stuff because of that. But they have years later, where all of a sudden they'll get like down on on one of their legs where it's all healed up and stuff. They've been through all their surgeries and whatnot. But they'll get a zit. My buddy said it was like, oh, I'll give it this zit, and I'll start dicking with it. And then next thing I know, after a couple of days of me messing with it, it's getting all big and nasty. And then pop, out comes a pebble from the IED My 10 goodness. fucking years ago. Ugh. So that it's evacuating. So now it. these people are going to put chips in their brain? What do you think your body? I mean, if you're going to be living any type of healthy lifestyle, your body's probably not going to want that in there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a wild place to watch, isn't it? Like the, the, the side effects of this stuff. Yeah. Broad scale. Then you take into broader conceptual ideas of if artificial intelligence is as bad as people make out it could be. What's to stop an artificial intelligence from just completely hacking your yes, your personality and who you are? Like now you know that's the person. Nothing. Yeah. There's been plenty of science fiction written about that happening. And uh, yeah, Hollywood movies. Yeah. And that's. Or does everyone become a collective hive mind like in Cell and all those types of films? Right, yeah. Um, well, so, you can do that biologically. Look at the United States, man. <laughs> um, you heard of Tim Alberino, Drew? I don't believe so. Oh, you should check him out. So, I don't know. Have you ever heard of Tony Merkel? I've heard of Tony Merkel. Okay, so he just did a show with Tim Alberino called The Post-Human Apocalypse. And it's about it's a, this transhum- transhumanism, transhumanism, if there I could speak, go. sorry. Agenda. It's Saturday night over here, buddy. Yeah, yeah. We're we're having a good old time here. <laughs> it's October tomorrow, so I started drinking Oktoberfest. But well, at least you didn't say tranny human gasm. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Oh, that could that could be a, a good yeah. song name. We should do an episode on that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, he and one of the questions he's like, first, really, what you have to boil down to is what does it mean to be human? And is humanity is our humanity worth keeping, worth saving? When you start coming to these these uh, these ideas of upgrading our bodies, so to speak, and we've been okay, we've been being pre-programmed by the media for a long time. The Matrix, uh, those video games uh, like Cyberpunk, you know, augmenting your body and stuff, and uh, which I think is solely just to get people. Because I've heard kids say, "Oh man, I can't wait for the day where I can just." plug my brain into the internet upload information and and skills and stuff and that like the matrix like that would be so cool i'm like yeah but that's i know kung fu <laughs> yeah but i'm like i understand that that would be cool but at, like really here's the other thing you really think the elites are going to allow the us peasants to have that type of power power once, yeah once they get this oh, yeah once they get these things perfected and stuff and all this shit then guess what it's going to be locked down city They'll be the Uber mentioned, just like they the Third Reich was trying to make, dude. Well, this is the fourth. Yeah, I think that they're go- they're going to use us as the testing grounds to perfect it before they use it on themselves. Absolutely, yeah, that's they're what go- I'm saying. They're going to use the idea of convenience, like you said. Oh, I can change a channel just by blinking, or I can search something by thinking about it. I can think text and it'll appear on my on my paper for university. They're killing us with convenience, but far too often than not, people don't think about 
people say we can do this instead of should, should we, we do this yeah. just because you've got the potential of doing it doesn't mean you should do it and what you said about um is humanity worth saving if you're someone that that follows the word or you consider yourself um theologically um based at all and you have some kind of understanding of it a certain man upstairs seemed to think we were worth it because he like wiped the slate clean and wiped yeah. the earth to make sure that humans were perfect, mm, right? And that, that, yeah. that corruption wasn't there. Now we're self-corrupting, right? Whether that be through technology or the chemicals that we may or may not be putting into our bodies without knowing it, we're we're definitely in a time where what it means to be human is being questioned. And that Yuval Harari guy, the goddamn puppet master of Klaus Schwab, <laughs> he's leading that for sure. Yeah. At what point do we are we considered human and non-human? Will there be a second class of citizens like we saw? Remember Gattaca? Gattaca was huge in high school for me. We had to do yeah. like a, a film analysis of it. <laughs> and there was the the Ubermensch, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and then there was God children. The God children had the lowest socioeconomic status and they had the worst jobs and they lived in abstract poverty, whereas everyone else who was genetically perfect, they were the elites, like the demigods of the world. And like like we've been saying, it's, it's presented in mass media all the time. They're telling us what they're ready to do. They're just perfecting the technology. Unfortunately for them, I think they needed the peasant class yeah. to turn into the middle class and have that wealth and multi-generational prosperity yeah. so we could build the system that will be our prison. Yes. We've done Absolutely, that. We dude. Don't realize it. And, and now we're, we are on the doorstep of the, uh, the leash and the collar being ripped back down to the ground. Well... And the middle class is going to be just like uh, the uh, Israelites were when they immigrated to Egypt there when Jacob was running the show. Right? Or Joseph, I'm sorry. Yeah. When Joseph, and he brought the Israelites over, and then fast forward a couple hundred years. and they're slaves. <laughs> they're, they're the slave class. <laughs> you know, that's going to happen in the middle class too. Yeah, I absolutely. I agree with that, dude. That's a, that's a really good point. <sighs> Built our own prison. Hmm. Man, this is so two nights in a row. I've been on earth and in the universe and gone all over the place man yeah yeah that's it's awesome no it's wild dude yeah that's iraq you had something that might bring us back down to earth a little bit more here so why is the australian dollar tanking compared to the united states well even that's yeah well, we're, our, we're our tanking. Tanking yeah too. but so why is it lower traditionally our dollar has a very a weak buying power on a global stage because we have to import so many goods mm, we're self-sufficient yeah. when it comes to food we export the majority of our food we're a leading um, contributor to feeding the food bowl that is asia we give them majority of our beef and grain and everything like that so food technically isn't an issue for us but it's all the other smaller things we don't have the industry like a detroit used to have back in the day we have our our small manufacturing, but we don't have the level of technology and things that all the stuff like plasma screen TVs and DVD players and all that jazz comes in. So we have a very high import tax rate. Um, and Which makes China that, very important for you guys as well, right? Because of proximity. Absolutely. And God, we've had so many tariffs on us from China <laughs> where there's like 200% on our wine and all kinds of crazy oh, stuff. Oh, jeez. So, our economy's always kind of been at the behest of the rest of the world, even though we've got the size, the minerals, everything to be 100% self-sufficient and export globally, which we haven't taken advantage of, which is very concerning. <laughs> um, we don't have a very strong energy infrastructure. We don't have nuclear power. It's actually outlawed within our um, country to a degree. Really? We don't have a means of getting rid of waste. We've got 
our coal fire and fossil fuel systems that are being pushed out through the green agenda. So we've got this failing infrastructure happening in our country. The dollar's buying less, inflation's through the roof. We've got a housing crisis. It's like a comedy of errors all coalescing at one point due to piss-poor government management that the average person <laughs> could point out was coming. Is it legal to eat kangaroo? Dude, oh my <laughs> It gosh. is legal to eat kangaroo. Um, There's kangaroo steaks? It's illegal... There are, it's illegal for a white fellow like myself to, to hunt kangaroos or any Australian wildlife. Really? Okay. If I was indigenous, I could legally. So you can't um, hunt wildlife? You howly. Not native wildlife. Oh. I, I can hunt. The, um, the only native things you can hunt at the moment in Australia are duck species, so our, um, water birds. But the hunting in Australia has introduced species of deer and pigs and, and water buffalo and stuff like that. Um, oh, that'd be cool. As for like meat, um, because through colonization a large swaths of red gum forests were um, cut down to build the country a lot more grassland sprung up so naturally kangaroos had access to more food so in effect we made the kangaroo populations explode so much so that there's regular culls each year because the numbers are so high there are just kangaroo fillets and steaks things you can buy at the local um greengrocers and and shops it's actually very lean. It's very. Yeah, I was say, have you had it? Medicine. I've heard it's delicious. Really good. It is. It's great. It's absolutely amazing. Cool. Um, we're the one, one of the only countries in the world that eats its coat of arms, the emu and the kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> well, the turkey was actually uh, slated to become the national bird of the United States prior to the eagle. Yeah, thank but, God. But since there's a federal ban on killing eagles in the United States, the population is just ridiculous. It's like we need to open up season on those things, man. Yeah, those yeah, those birds are massive. They're they're gorgeous too, the bald eagle. Yeah. But, but there's so many they're so not they're I not I always rare. thought they were I always thought they were huge and like don't get me wrong, they're a big bird. But when I got there, I was really let down by the size of a bald eagle. <laughs> oh really? Like a wedge tailed eagle. And those things can pick up kangaroos, sheep. Oh jeez. They mainly um just are scavenging birds, but they can lift things up that are quite heavy. Well, wow. um, you don't hear about the golden eagle in the United States as much as you do the bald eagle, but the golden eagle is a yeah, far yeah. larger bird. I mean, I sw- I saw one one time growing up out west. Daggum, that wingspan must have been eight feet. It was wild. Uh, eagle? Yes. Yeah. A, a golden eagle, yeah. Yeah, they're... Uh, well, here's one thing, though. We can't hold a flame to the animal and the wildlife in Australia, seeing as how, like, 90% of the wildlife there will fucking kill you. Like the spiders? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have, like... See, this is a massive misconception. I was going to say is that. It really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cro- I think Crocodile Dundee... No, I'm not, I'm not putting down your black widow spider. But the funnel web spider can kill a man in eight seconds just by looking at him. And um, Steve Irwin... The most venomous snake in the world. This is one wild unit. This is the snake you don't want to get tagged by because it possesses enough venom to kill 150,000 rats. But who cares? This bloke could have enough venom in one bite to kill 100 blokes my size. Look at the coloration. Beautiful coloration. Hey, 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 hey. Whoa. Settle down, mate. Yo, you wouldn't want to take a whack off a snake this size help perpetrate this like it's a great thing to be known for but like yes we have like eight of the world's 10 most venomous snakes we've got a whole heap of spiders that are venomous we've got poisonous plants and all this type of stuff but for the most part besides crocodiles we don't have large scale apex predators that can kill people like like if the idea the hunting in australia for me is making sure i've got um 
pull-ups on my legs to make sure if a snake does bite me, the fangs don't go through into my pants, and keeping an eye out for snakes and blants and spiders and things. Nice. If I was to hunt in America in most parts, I would have to have a dedicated gun besides my main hunting rifle in case of bears. Yeah, or yeah depending on where you're that's at. that's a much bigger concern. Yeah, that's true. There was a... I can't remember his name, but that's there was a, a, point, a professional bow hunter from australia that was on joe rogan a number of years ago did you ever catch that drew i can't remember his name yeah i love i love that one he recently got done for poaching red deer ah. oh shit <laughs> but Yikes. but yeah he said that too because he he's obviously hooked up with a ton of hunters in the united states and uh he, he said that to joe rogan you know when are you going to come to australia to hunt and he's like you know spiders that can look at you and kill you no way i'm not going to do that <laughs> But uh, but he said, no, that's a complete myth. He said he spent like months, an entire season out in the middle of nowhere hunting in Australia. And he said he saw two snakes. One would make you very, very, one could kill you. And then the other one like would make you very, very sick and, or kill a small child or an elderly person. And then he said he went hunting in the s- southeast United States and he's just running into snakes everywhere that yeah could yeah i was talking to some other guys about this on a podcast recently uh water moccasins oh yeah those are dangerous yeah that's that's one benefit of living in iowa when we get those winds from the arctic and the the northwest in the middle of winter man it gets a negative 30 out here and alligators and water moccasins and stuff like that can't make it no yeah it's they lovely it's lovely head south people listening drew you're good but people listening uh from other parts don't uh you don't want to move to Iowa. It's bad here. Don't come here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I don't Primarily, know. I don't want any more people from Chicago moving over here and yeah, driving our prices up. Lot, yeah, dude. Driving our land prices up and voting the way we do. We have enough problem with problems with Republicans around here. We don't We don't yeah. need to make it de- Democrats. We've been real, real douche canoes lately. <laughs> but anyways, so uh, then do you, do, you, do you go hunting then, Drew? You bird hunt down there? Uh, yeah, I do. You go quail yeah, hunting? Birds, um, uh, not so much quail, more just water birds. We have water a duck season in Australia. So you guys got to um, use a uh, steel shot? Yes, yeah, steel shot. They banned lead because it, you know, it's it's poisoning the water systems and whatnot. So we have to go to that, which is <laughs> but, but it's an interesting jump from lead to steel because it's a um, it's a lighter shot. Yeah. And you can see that it flies a lot lighter. Yeah. But like, yeah, like you said, they don't care about farmers spraying their. Yeah, you can spray <laughs> glycophosphate, glycophosphate on everything. No, that's. I cool. know that's what we laugh at. Like, you know how much runoffs going into that water <laughs> from the fields around it, dude. <laughs> yeah, you guys. Well, exactly. Well, no, you have to plant Pretty twelve sure. feet away from the waterway. So yeah, it's it, all good. It's my lead shot causing these uh, three-eyed freaking fish here. Right. You know? <laughs> Stupid. Simpsons did it again. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Iraq, did you have something? No, no, I just, you, you can have a gun. So Go this on. is the, the second biggest misconception yes. with Australia. Is, um, or every, every, without fail, every American I talk to is, you guys had your guns taken away. Yeah. Yes and a no. We had them heavily regulated. We lost our semi-automatic. The average person can't have a semi-automatic anymore. Because of that big shooting in shotguns. Tasmania, right? Port, yeah, in Port Arthur, right. Yeah. Um, Pistols is another thing. You, you can have pistols in Australia, but you have to belong to a gun club and have all these checks and balances around it. You can have semi-automatics if you're a primary producer or a farmer because that's justified as pest control on putting down your cattle if you need to. So there are aspects of Australia that have firearms. I have mine under the classification of sporting, hunting, and recreation. Nice. So that's fine. But it's a limitation on what you can have, what, what types of calibers, how many you can have. 
Like an example is um, most states in Australia, you can only have up to seven guns in a safe at any given time. You can't have more than that. Hmm. Um, and you have to have your, your ammunition stored in a separate safe compared to what your firearms are in. And we don't have that the Second Amendment in Australia of self-defense with firearms doesn't exist here. Well, it depends on where you're at here, frankly. <laughs> yeah, and what city that you're in. Like, yeah. um, Fortunately, here in Iowa, they care about their citizens. So, Well, to an extent. Well, for the most part. They care about getting voted into office. Well, we have a stand-your-ground law. Yeah. So Whereas anybody... Stealing can get shot. Well, if you're in, if, if somebody's in your house, then... Boom. Yeah. But other, other states, like, there's always all sorts of jokes about uh, even if somebody's coming into your house, you got to, like, and you shoot them, you got to turn the body around. And, or, or, no, no, no. If they're leaving the house, you got to turn the body around. And shoot them in the front. And... Yeah. and uh, <laughs> Make it look like they were coming in as opposed to leaving. Well, this is the issue with self-defense in Australia. Um, and it happened quite a few years ago before a gun buyback happened when they took a lot of our guns. A ex-British military officer shot someone who walked into his house. And they didn't classify it as self-defense because the force he gave out um, was greater than the force the first. Equal force, yep. So ex- yeah, equal force laws. So an example might be... Certain states have them here. House, yeah, someone breaks into my house in Australia and I grab, say, a, a baton, or which is illegal here anyway. Let's say I have a very big flashlight. And Your someone croquet comes stick. And attacks me. And I, I hit them with that and they don't have any weapon on themselves. I'm the one that gets charged for that. Holy moly. Broken and attacked. So your best bet's just to beat them to death and then put a knife in their hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, sir, he pulled a knife out of my chopping block. What was I supposed to do? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it's so ridiculous, dude, like that. I mean, being it, self-defense is like the most fundamental human right that no country has given you. That's what you should be afforded just because you are born. That is one thing that I am special because I was born. I deserve to live. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, exactly. It's a God-given right. Yeah. So it's the fact that, I mean... When we even had it here, I took a, before we had constitutional carry, before they changed the law here in Iowa, they had concealed carry, and I, took, I had to take a class to get that. Yeah, you had to go ask for permission to, yeah, from the sheriff's they office. They were even telling you in that class, they're like, look, somebody breaks in your house, your best bet, like, if you have, if, if it gets to that situation where it escalates, where you feel like you have to pull the trigger, you make sure you kill them. Because at that time, you could still yeah. get sued. You don't want them to go on the stand against you. Yes. You could still get sued for attempted murder and all this stuff and get charged with, or charged with it, sued by the family, all this craziness. And that happens a lot here in our country. And it's just, it's just b- bizarre to me. Well, maybe a misconception in other parts of the world, and Australia included, is that the Second Amendment is this great, robust... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, amendment and to our, no, our Bill of Rights here, and it's really not. It It is all but gone. It's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's intended to be, and you see a lot of, like, my impression is a lot of states are really trying to cling on to it, but the the variation in gun laws in the United States is, is wild, absolutely wild. And yeah. there shouldn't be um, any of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely right. The one thing that I found really amazing, though, is I went to a Walmart of all places, and I saw the firearms they had in there. And I found it really funny as an Australian because I had this sign up behind the counter and I'm just looking at the handguns and stuff, having a good old time. It says, uh, it said, a limit of five pistols and five rifles per customer. Per day. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I go home, there's a three-month waiting period. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you, in Texas? 
Oh, I can't remember. It was somewhere it's in the south. somewhere in the south. Yeah, it had to have been. Yeah. Well, <laughs> was it on your 66 trip? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, That's awesome. So, yeah, so more like southwest, right? Arizona, New Mexico, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Which, yeah, it would have been, yeah. Which, New Mexico. Um, I don't right, know. Did you, did, did you hear about the uh, emergency declaration from the governor there recently? Oh, yeah. We just talked about that. Yes. I actually listened to this episode of yours where she in a roundabout way tried to bring in gun control but it was only limited to certain populated cities or cities over a certain population well yes. yeah it was based off of cities over a certain population and it was like a thousand people per i don't know if it was like square mile or something like that yeah which is like five square miles of the entire state of new mexico <laughs> so it was just complete bullshit from the beginning it was mainly for like albuquerque and you saw that state right yeah i mean Vast, there, huh? vast beauty, but nothingness, you know, besides that. I mean, just nothing, nobody. It's absolutely no wonder that the Navajos had all sorts of superstitions about dogmen and, or not dogmen, but skinwalkers. Skin skin oh, there's, yeah. yeah, there's some wild stuff that happened out there, dude. Yeah. Well, also, don't forget that was that area too was some of the resting place of these, uh, of the indigenous when they were forced from their real homes. Oh, you bet. Well, you the trial of tears, that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that they ended up in Oklahoma primarily. Well, some of them, well, that's when some of them ended up down there too, didn't they? I mean, they were mixing tribes. Meanwhile, you have the dingoes. <laughs> Iraq. <laughs> yes. Tell that and real the story. Aren't, the dingoes as in like the dingo that ate my baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. You know that's a true story. Lady lost a kid. You about to cross some fucking line? Because isn't well, there a, a misconception? There is. Dingoes are actually an introduced species. They're not Australian. They were brought over by Indonesian fishermen um, and traded to Aboriginal people. So they are essentially just a wild dog. They are minuscule and tiny in comparison to wolves, which I was stunned by when I was in North America. You've seen yeah. one? So this... I have. Yeah, Shit, so I've, never, these, I've never seen one in the wild. Um, so this, this woman was camping in the Northern Territory where there are dingo populations, wild populations, and her baby was dragged out of its out of its sleeping bag from the tent and killed and eaten essentially huge big national uproar and she was pinned as the person and she killed her baby and blamed it the dingo in 30 40 years plus of investigations it turns out she wasn't actually a part of that she served time in prison for it and she was wrongfully put away my wow. goodness and it was actually was it actually was a dingo that did it there's a place called fraser island off the east coast of australia near queensland where we see massive dingo problems Humans go over there to caravan trips and fish and camp and all that type of stuff. And they've become reliant on feeding from humans, kind of like what you see with bears. Yeah, the black States. bears. Yeah. That's what makes them That's what makes them dangerous. Yep. Dingoes go around and you see video clips of it, people camping, and dingoes will actively go up and nip people on the legs and try to get a chunk out of them because they're so hungry. Well, the only wow. problem yeah. with that around here is uh, Californians that think the wildlife is cute. That's the that's that's what you hear about <laughs> oh, around here. Yeah, like Yosemite Park. Or, You're busy uh, taking selfies with it. Yeah, Yellowstone. <laughs> I saw that. Let me I go, saw that yesterday. Let me go pet this buffalo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mentioned that to the guys last night. There's a picture. She had to be from California. Had to be. <laughs> Not to stereotype anybody. I do. I, I will. I am. Yeah. Um, and she's getting a selfie with this 2,000 pound battering ram. I mean, it's no wonder that that did. Are you aware, Drew, that that's the the animal in Yellowstone National Park that is responsible for the most deaths. It's not wolves. I, I can. It's not grizzly bears. It's the bison. Well, yeah, because people I can go take. It. It's like a hairy tractor. Look at the size of the thing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, and even if it steps on you on accident, you're breaking something. You're, you know what I mean? I, or it's, yeah. Well, even like far, farmers are, are familiar with like the the pressure that a bull can put when they stand on yes. your foot or they trample you. These things are significantly larger than your average Angus beef cattle. Oh, you <laughs> bet. They're, yeah. like, they're prehistoric in nature. And you have these ignorant morons who are like, oh, well, they're part of the park, so they're probably trained. That's why he's here. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's part of the circus. <laughs> also, you you see tons of those videos, those morons that go to the hot springs. Like, yeah, they want to jump in. They, well, they want to see how hot it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that water's not boiling, but it's 300 degrees. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, God, it's hot. Yeah. And there's no, all they, these signs that are out. And it's they like, don't have that kind of time. <laughs> no. It's, it's wild, man. It, it just blows my mind. I'm like, you people are the reason why we can't have nice things yeah and you're the reason why the rest of the world thinks we're a bunch of ignorant morons because we are <laughs> you validate that yeah. folks you are living up to the stereotypes thank you uh it's you ridiculous she was getting trampled by that buffalo that or that bison that she was like but i vote democrat yeah right <laughs> no that was actually I, I donate to PETA. see that wasn't the trample <laughs> it was all over by the time the trample happened because the 2000 pound beast flung her 25 feet up into the air first that's when she had time to think about it <laughs> this and at this moment she realized she, she fucked, fucked up <laughs> dumb ways to die oh my gosh i know yeah outrageous um just real quick I, I actually i know a guy across the river in illinois and his family raised bison yeah and uh he said they are just meaner than shit dude oh i could imagine like you, they look mean you can't go into the pen <laughs> without bull trying to fucking kill you well well they taste great they do they taste amazing bison is delicious <laughs> yeah it's incredibly healthy too yeah wait it's really lean and yeah i mean that's why if you get rid of all of them you can exterminate uh first nations well here 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 we gotta make this the deal. most dangerous game tastes delicious that's why <laughs> that's right that's why humans so good right you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> that's why the elites eat us so um hey drew we're gonna have to uh you know if if we're ever down and we, we gotta make this deal we're ever down in australia and victoria we gotta eat some kangaroo with you we'll, we'll throw some throw some kangaroo on the barbie all right <laughs> And then you ever come out this way, we're gonna we'll do some skeet shooting and we'll take you out. You can shoot some semi automatic weapons. How's that sound? Beautiful. Sounds great. Man. All right, right sweet. on. Deal. Yeah, this is uh this has been a great podcast. We've uh, actually made it across an ocean now. Dude, we're gonna have to do this again, man. I'm i I've been super stoked about this uh interview for a while. So. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah, we're, we really appreciate you. it, man. No problem at all. Yeah, when Theo told yeah, me he's yeah, like collaboration's what it's all about, man. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Voices out there more. Yeah, when Theo told me he reached out to him on, on Twitter, he's like, you ever heard of uh, Drew Misson from Miss You're Missing the Point? I'm like, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. no, I know I was. I, no, I, I told listened you. to that guy, dude. No, yeah. I told you. He reached out to me. I'd I know. That's why listened, when you said, yeah. you're like, you ever listen to this guy or oh, heard yeah, this yeah, guy? And I was like, yeah. hell yeah, I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he reached out to us. I was like, dude, sweet. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, thank you to the listeners from both both podcasts. Where can we find you, Drew? How can everybody, all of our listeners, find you? Yeah, um, you can find me under You're Missing the Point, M-I-S-S-E-N. It's just a play on my surname. Uh, find me on all the usual podcatchers, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, and the like. I am on Twitter under um, You're Missing the Point. I am heavily searched, suggestion, shadow banned at the moment. Every single post I put up at the moment is flagged as sensitive content. Every person <laughs> yeah. I manage to interact with gets a contact shadow ban, which is quite concerning. Maybe that's why um, I can't get and- Twitter followers. Probably. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it makes Sorry. sense now. It's fine. I'm not that worried about we it. We just thought Theo didn't know how to use Twitter. Well, I don't. 
<laughs> uh, and Instagram is my main um, social media platform where I put out updates on the podcast. But yeah, if, if you're one of the lucky people that can find me through all the censorship, you've done well. All right. Sweet. Very well. Well, and what about you guys? This is going to be on my end. Um, where can they find you, your show? You can find us on X at Iowa Talk Guys. On Instagram at Iowa Talk Guys underscore podcast. Or just go to iowatalkguys.com. Yeah, we got a website up. We're it has every... Our emails are up there as well. Yeah, our email contact information's up there. You can listen to the show on there, and then also has all of our links there to where you can find and listen to us on your favorite and please, podcasting. Please app. reach out to us, you know, listeners. We want we want to hear from you guys. Yeah. So that's what it's about. And right. Yeah, and that's what we're out here doing. And once again, Drew, dude, this was awesome. I, I absolutely enjoyed this, and to do this again. Always remember: don't eat the yellow cake. Don't eat the yellow snow. Don't let the dingo take your baby. That's <laughs> right. Iowa talk, guys, and you're missing the point. Out. Out. Hi. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much. Very nice. Appreciate it.